Hello to all of you amazing, beautiful, unstoppable, unshakable, resilient humans. Welcome to another episode of the Self Love Effect podcast, where we strive to be our most authentic, unapologetic selves, embracing our real and inspiring those around us to do the same. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings, and I'm so excited for what is to come. We have some big things in the works, so stay tuned because we are just getting started. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for your constant love and support. Because of you, this podcast hit 50,000 downloads over the weekend. And so if this podcast is serving you, helping you, supporting you, it would mean so much to me if you head on over, left a review, liked, subscribed, shared with family and friends, tagging us on social media at the underscore self-love effect. And this is how we're able to grow organically through the algorithm and reach many more lives. Now for today's repeat after me, it is more of a reminder, a reminder that your focus determines your reality. So the things that you obsess over most are the things that are going to bother you the most. Sometimes even to the exclusion of all rationality. It will shape both your behavior and your worldview. So I'm going to ask you, what are you focusing on? And if you're focusing on external sources, then who's focusing on you and your life? For today's podcast episode, we are joined by Bobby Maximus. He's a men's health best-selling author, mindset coach, the host of Maximus Podcast. BJJ Black Belt is currently on season 30 of The Ultimate Fighter, and he was also a part of season two of Tough. Now, he is a UFC vet, so for all of you UFC fans, if you're anything like me, I was so excited to dive right into this conversation. But by developing a no-excuses mentality, Bobby continues to face his fears. He continues to take risks. He continues to show up because he knows he's the only person that is responsible for the outcomes in his life. He's responsible for how he shows up. He's responsible for investing in himself. And that is exactly what he does. And he models that at the age of 43, he continues to be unstoppable, be relentless. And so let's jump into this podcast episode. All right. Welcome, Bobby Maximus, the Self Love Effect Podcast. So excited to have you on. And, you know, I had the complete privilege to have a chat with you during Summer Smash. And honestly, he is tall as hell. And I was like, first of all, I didn't even make the connection, which was, I thought was really funny because, like, I'm just like trying to. I was trying to like absorb everything. There's so much going on. And then initially when you started talking, I was like, wait a minute, he's on tough this season, tough 30. I was like, hold the phone. What's going on here? And then we had an awesome conversation. And honestly, um, that's the moment when I was like, I got to have you on the podcast because your values and everything you stand for really align with what this podcast is all about. And I feel like your story is absolutely amazing. You've overcome adversity really. And you are, you yourself you know, are big in mindset and you really use that to carry you through life. And so welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. So, you know, tell us a little bit about 
yourself for those, you know, that don't, um, that are listening, that don't know you. Um, and then, you know, kind of tell us your story in regards to overcoming adversity and what you've gone through in life, because I feel like you have, um, when we were initially talking, you were sharing about your own vulnerabilities and how you were able to really change them, um, into strengths of your own. Yeah. So I just want to preface this by saying, I really think everybody has had a lot of hardships in their life. I don't think there's an easy world and we fall victim to this highlight reel that people put on Instagram. They put on the new car they bought, the new house they bought, the job promotion they got. Their pictures, whether you like it or not, there's filters, there's good lighting, they're taken at the right time. And so you're constantly bombarded with these images of perfection from other people, but you really don't know what's going on in their life. And I made a decision a while ago to just kind of be upfront and honest about everything and just let people know that like, I'm just like everybody else. We all have problems. And so my story started when I was a younger kid, I was bullied fairly heavily, uh, made fun of, I wasn't a guy that got the dates. I wasn't a guy that was invited to the cool kid parties. I wasn't a guy that made sports teams. I got cut from every single sports team I you know, ever tried out for. And it all kind of came to a head when four hockey bullies, cause I didn't play hockey where I'm from. If you don't play hockey, you are, a loser. They beat me up and broke my collarbone. And I never wanted that to happen again. And so I didn't know what to do. I joined the wrestling team because on the wrestling team, they had no cuts. Like you just were a body to get beat up. And my first year wrestling, I lost every single match. We had 40 matches. I lost every single one. My second year, I won one out of 40. And that was like the greatest moment of my life because I finally won something. Uh, And then I decided that I wanted more and I didn't know how to get there. So I found my way into a weight room, high school weight room. And there were some kids there who couldn't be bothered to bully me. Uh, Some teachers had helped me. I was the kid who got pinned under a 45 pound barbell, but I just kept coming back because I didn't know what else to do. And eventually I got stronger and then stronger and then better. And then I started winning more than I lost. And then fast forward a bunch of years, I'm in the UFC. I'm a professional athlete. Uh, I'm doing some acting, some modeling. Uh, I have no problem getting dates. Uh, I'm popular. And there was a huge disconnect for me because at that time, people were asking me for autographs or asking me to go out or asking me for things or putting me on a pedestal. But when I looked in the mirror, I still saw the scared 15-year-old kid that was getting bullied. And so that was an awakening for me. And I've really spent the rest of my life just savoring every moment. Like I always joke around, I'm a 43 year old, but I'm actually a seven year old with a credit card and all these opportunities. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, would, you had brought up Summer Smash. How cool is it to have a company like First Form fly me out, put me in a really nice hotel, put me on stage for a minute, uh, give me things, uh, pick me up at the airport, write me thank you letters, uh, give me like a gift bag, like I'm some kind of celebrity. Like that's a real opportunity and something I cherish. And I've had the opportunity to do all these wonderful things. And so that's kind of my, you know, kind of my story. I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to write for Men's Health. Uh, I've, you know, just filmed a movie with Lionsgate, um, working on closing another movie deal now, uh, you know, got to be on The Ultimate Fighter season 30. I get to work with all kinds of incredible people. And like, to me, none of it's really that big of a deal. I'm just living a dream and I'm happy to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Even 
in the house spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen the season but so far um but you even implement to those in the house the power of mindset and so when i listen to your story and i hear because it's very hard to make that disconnection with yourself in your you know when you're looking at yourself at your reflection and you still see the 15 year old or you even still at times feel like the 15 year old that inner child you know how have you been able to you know, move forward from that and progress forward, not allowing that, that you, that time in your life to really hold you back to what you're accomplishing now. So the biggest thing is dedicated work. And obviously you're part of first form. So you're into physical activity, working out in the gym, keeping yourself healthy, taking supplements. Um, There's this idea floated around that the body we have to work on. You have to exercise, you have to eat healthy, take the supplements, all the things I just said. Yeah. But the mind is a muscle. You have to train your brain as well. And so one of the things that bothers me is people have this idea that they're just going to watch an Instagram video, or maybe you're listening to this podcast and you think it's going to help you. Newsflash, it's not. You have to actually take the information and go do real, genuine work with it. Like I always tell people that listen to podcasts all day, spend less time listening to the podcast and spend more time actually doing what's recommended. That's what's going to make the difference. And so for me, I do various things. Um, I have this thing I do called green light therapy or green dot therapy. And I've got these little round green stickers that I stick on things. One's on my steering wheel, the dash of my car. There's one on the back of my TV remote. There's one on the back of my phone, my laptop. And every time I see one, I have to think a positive thought. So every time I see a green dot, I have to give a green light thought to myself. And there's a lot of science behind this. But what happens is we all have this internal narrative. And your narrative is filled with red light thoughts and green light thoughts. Green light thoughts are the good ones, things that pump you up, the things that you don't propel you to success. Red light thoughts are things that stop you in your tracks. So just to give you a couple of examples of those um, Green light thoughts are, maybe I'm attractive. Maybe I'm the hardest worker in the room. Maybe I'm creative. Uh, Maybe I'm a good person. Uh, Maybe I try harder than anyone I know. Red light thoughts are very negative. I'm ugly. Nobody likes me. My podcast is going to fail. I'm a terrible speaker. And we all go through these, you know, kind of, it's a battle between the red light and the green light thoughts. You can't just be a positive thinker all of a sudden. You can't just hear a podcast of, of some jackass that was on The Ultimate Fighter like me saying like, hey, you're going to think positively. And then all yeah. of a sudden, magically, you're going to frame everything differently. Like right. if you've been thinking negatively about yourself for 10 years, you're not just going to listen to a podcast and that's going to go away. You have to train yourself to think positively. And so that's what these green dots do. Every time you see a green dot, you have to say something positive about yourself something positive related to your goal or some type of positive self-talk thing. Well, eventually what happens is you can imagine if you see a hundred of these green dots a day, your brain will start rewiring after weeks and months and years to start thinking inherently positively instead of thinking negatively. And I actually have an example of that. Uh, Before UFC 58, it was USA versus Canada. Mm -hmm. I wasn't working with a sports psychologist and I was in the back and ready to go on and fight in front of 20,000 people. And I remember thinking, I don't belong here. 
there's more people in the stands that were in my hometown. Uh, my boss is going to fire me if I lose this fight because I'm going to embarrass my job. Um, this person's way better than me. I'm lucky to be here. Like all these really negative things. My question to you, Desiree, is how do you think I did in that fight? You lost. I lost and lost pretty bad. It was the worst yeah. fight of my professional career. So I went home, drank some booze, uh, hung out with my friends, did, did a couple other things I probably shouldn't mention on the podcast. And then I got to thinking, okay, how can I fix this? I can't work out anymore. I, I don't know how to work out anymore. I'm already training like eight hours a day. Um, I'm sleeping eight hours a night. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at my stand-up, my wrestling, my jujitsu. Like, I don't know how much better of a fighter I'm going to become. What's the problem? And uh, I was friends with George St. Pierre, uh, friends with Rich Franklin, friends with a guy named Tom Murphy. And they all recommended me to a sports psychologist named Brian Kane. So I started working with Brian. And he's the one that got me to do this green light therapy or the green dot stuff, right? So I would look at the green dots, the green lights, and I would start thinking positively. Well, I did that for a few months. And then my next fight, which was Ultimate Fight Night 5, I was on a different planet. Like I was the supremely confident for that because I was doing this green dot stuff. So, and, and by the way, I should ask, can I swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm going into this fight and, and, and don't judge. I was a young, savage human being. And I'm like, I'm going to murder this guy. I'm going to steal his soul. I'm going to fuck his girlfriend after the fight. I'm going to win a championship belt. They're going to pay me millions of dollars. I'm the greatest of all time. Like I was on another planet of confidence. How do you think I did in that fight? Fucking fantastic. <laughs> I won. I won submission of the night. Like it was like, awesome. you know, my, my homecoming. It was this awesome thing. So what did I do? I got home and I fired my sports psychologist because I didn't need him anymore. I was cured. I'm like, I'm a positive thinker. I'm good. I'm, I'm better. I don't need to do this stupid stuff anymore. I don't need to shrink. Like I am whole. I've, I'm finally like filled with self-love and confidence and all the things I'm supposed to do, right? Well, my next fight, I get back to the, you know, UFC 62. And before the fight, all the negative voices start again. And it's the same negative voices I had in UFC 58. And I went out and I laid an egg in that fight and I lost again. I got my Cronchart cut. And it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me because at that moment, I realized that self-love, uh, positive self-talk, psychology, if you will, yeah. self-work, which is the hardest work to do, it is probably a lifelong process. Like it's, I'm never going to be able to escape it. And just because I fixed myself temporarily for a month or two doesn't mean it was going to be permanent. And so if you're listening to this, like if you have any problems with self-esteem, which we all do, mm -hmm. you have any problems with self-love, which we all do, you have any problems with self-confidence, which we all do, you look in the mirror and you hate what's looking back at you. Like I get it, but it's not just going to go away by snapping your fingers. It's probably something you're going to have to work at for the rest of your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the problem that we see, right? We want, and we rely on this instant gratification and we think just because we feel a certain way, then that's it. No more work needs to be done. We are cured. And then right when we know it, either that voice comes, that little bitch voice comes back and it's like, oh, hold the phone here. If you allow me one foot in, I'm going to creep in and take over again because it's a constant journey. It's a lifelong journey with yourself. And this, and I love what you said about, you know, listening to podcasts 
people will listen. And I tell this to the clients, my clients too, is that you have to put in the work every day. You can read all the self-help books. You can listen to all the motivational speeches. You can listen to all the podcasts, but if you're not taking that and utilizing it in your own life, you're not going to see any change. Nothing's going to ever change. And so, you know, there's no magic pill. The only magic pill is you taking some time for yourself, prioritizing yourself, because if not you, then who it's no one's responsibility. It's yours. You need to prioritize yourself. So no, um, for sure. And even if you do change, it's mm-hmm. temporary. Like if yeah. you stop, just like if I look at you and I say, you know what, Desiree's in phenomenal shape. If you quit working out for a couple of months and like eat like shit, it's going to go away. Like it's something that you have to continually work at. Now, one thing I want to highlight about that, there is this teaching tool I use from, you know, technical practice, where if you do one bad rep, you have to do 10 perfect reps to undo the damage you did from the bad one. It's why purposeful practice is so important. So just using that ratio, if if you're listening to this and you've spent five years with an ED, Uh, poor self-esteem, hating yourself, anxiety, depression. It's five years. How many years is it going to take you to get over that? 50? Like it might not take 50. I don't want to scare you. It might only take 20. I mean, I don't know what the ratio is. But realistically, yeah, it's going to take It's not going to be a month. It's not going to be a week. And don't set yourself up for disappointment by thinking you're just going to get over it. And by the way, we see this in adults all the time. If you come from an abusive household as a kid, you're dealing with that for the rest of your life. If your parents were alcoholics, you're dealing with that for the rest of your life. Um, if if your first boyfriend or girlfriend cheated on you when you were 17, you probably have trust issues when you're 35 or 40. Like, you know better. You, you, right. you don't think like that. But those formative years when you were younger, it absolutely 100% sticks with you. So what I tell people is just be prepared that if you want to get on this train of like self-betterment, it's an every damn day thing till the day you die. Cause the minute, like you said, you start slipping that negative foot creeps in and it's all back. Yeah. Yeah. I love, that's the first time I ever heard about, well, the one ten ratio, but also the dots, the green, I typically will hold, uh, I used to hold, um, well, 10 to still, but it's a bigger notebook now, but a little notebook in my back pocket. And I used to write down for every negative, I would write three positives, but I love that ratio too, because, or the green dot scene, because you're making that connection. And I think that's another thing about us being visual. We're all very visual learners, regardless if you believe it or not. But when we make that connection, we're constantly seeing things all day. We're constantly taking in information and we, you know, and so that's such a, I mean, I love hearing, I love, I've heard so many different things on this podcast, but that's the first time I've ever heard either of those two. So it was awesome to hear, you know, hopefully someone takes out of it. No, and I hope people do because I want to make this easy too. Because let's face it, if it's not easy, you're not going to do it. Right. Right. Like if you look at it in life, like I get it. We're supposed to want to work hard. We're supposed to want to do the right thing. We're supposed to like never cut corners and never take shortcuts, but we're in the real world. Everybody wants the shortcut. Everybody wants it easier. Like <laughs> human beings, part of our evolutionary design is we want to make things more efficient. We want to make things easier, right? right. Um, would you rather you train people? Yes. If, if it was the same thing, all things being equal, 
would you rather get somebody to their best self in four weeks or three years? Like it's always four weeks. It's always right. quicker. And by the way, I would rather have them do it easier than harder. Like mm-hmm. if I have two people doing workout programs and one's working out four hours a day and the other one's working out eight hours a day and they get the same result, I'd rather the person do the four hour program and then go have fun and enjoy their life and that stuff. Like we want things to be efficient. Right. One of the hard things about writing things down, because another exercise I do is sit down and write down five positive things about yourself, maybe journal, maybe, but you know what? I'm a dad. I got three kids. I have a wife. I have a job. I've got to travel. All of a sudden, 60 days have gone by and I haven't written a positive thing down and you just kind of forget about it because life gets in the way. The beauty of the green dots is it's just a sticker. And so when you get in your car and you see it, you're like, oh, I'll think a positive thought. It's non-intrusive. It makes it easy. And not necessarily easy. That's the wrong word. It makes it accessible. It makes it simple. It makes it doable for you. Because really the best diet you can, fo- like you can be on is something you can follow. If it's so complicated, you can't do it. It's not going to happen. Same thing with a workout program, right? And so with the green dots, it makes it so that every single person can do it. And I actually do it with my kids. Like my 13-year-old son, he's got a little green dot on his bed, you know, his his, um, I love that. his headboard. And he yeah. gets in bed and he thinks something positive and he goes to bed. He's not going to sit there and write down a book of like positivity about himself, right? right? And then it gets hard when you sit down. You're not in the mood and you're not in the, no, you just see the green dot and you go. And so that's why that's my favorite one, just because it makes it accessible to people. Yeah. Yeah. I love, it makes it simple, but I love that. It's simple. It's effective. And the simplicity of it. Right. We don't have to. And I like that because lots of times there's people like, I don't like to journal. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to write down a moment of gratitude, but that it's automatic. Okay. Green dot, green sticker, make that connection. And, and where the magic happens is it has to be, cause there's another layer to this. It has to be truthful or realistic. Right. So yeah. you, you can't, you can't just write these esoteric things. Like I'm beautiful. No, you're not. Like, or everyone loves me. Well, that's not true. Not everybody loves you. There's right. plenty of people that hate, you, right? right? Um, like, like I always say, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So if you like a, if, if, if you like a, if you like a guy who's, who's six foot three and 250 pounds and bald, well, like, Hey, like you're going to think I'm beautiful, I guess. If you like a guy that looks like Justin Timberlake, like there's nothing I can do. Like I'm out of that race. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And so beauty or like looks is somewhat subjective. So you can't just be like, I'm, what's the thing from Saturday Night Live with Stuart Smalley? I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough. I'm good looking. Everybody yeah. loves me like that kind of motivational thing. That's just not true. Right. Um, even with a smart enough thing, like I, I told my kid this, not everybody gets to be an astronaut. Like, sorry. Like I get that you want to be an astrophysicist or you, it might not be for you. You might not be smart enough. So you don't want to write these things down that are just these blanket positivity statements that aren't true. Yeah, They have to actually be truthful and realistic. So uh, a green dot thought for you, if you were trying to grow your podcast, for example, might be, I've had a bunch of really good guests on in the last year. And then you actually list them out. Because that's a truthful statement. Or I work three hours a day on my podcast. Okay, that's good. That's a truthful statement. You can't just be like, hey, I'm a great speaker. Like, well, well I don't know what that means. Like, it, it's just now you're just pumping your tires unnecessarily. And so 
That's where the work happens. You have to take it a step further and actually think or perceive real things, right? Because I think there's also such a thing as toxic positivity. Like mm-hmm. everyone talks about toxic toxicity and stuff, but like if you're constantly lying to yourself and pumping your tires yep. unnecessarily, like that's not good for you either. Right, right, right. And that's why I I go back and forth on affirmations because, well, one, we tend, how are you exactly going about it, right? There's nothing wrong with them. Every, you know, everybody has their own belief system, but there's a difference between feeding the ego and actually building self-trust and self-respect with yourself. If you're constantly feeding yourself, just, you know, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. But yet you look at your reflection, you don't believe it. How are you ever going to build self-trust with yourself? And most yeah, importantly, self-respect. Yeah. It's not going to help you. You're, you're just going to be on this vicious cycle that goes over and over again. You might feel high for one day and then you're back at a low the next day because you subconsciously and consciously don't believe it. So no change is ever going to occur or come out of it. No, or give me like a, like a positive concrete thing. So it's actually easier to talk about work ethic. Don't tell me you're the hardest worker in the room. Like, what does that mean? Like, in what room are you in? Because if you're the hardest worker in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. You're getting dragged down by people instead of getting dragged up. Right. So I would rather you say, I'm going to achieve my goals because I train for two hours every day. They're good. That's a realistic statement that you know to be true or you know to be false. Right. Just saying I'm the hardest worker in the room. Like, no, you're not. Like, you know what I mean? What if I put you in a room with Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Like, right. It, that's, you're not, you're clearly not the hardest working person in the room anymore. Yeah. And if you're that person that's only training 15 minutes a day at a substandard intensity, like, I'm sorry, you can tell your, like, uh, it's like the people that wear those motivational shirts, right? Like all of a sudden they're going to see the slogan in the mirror that becomes true about them. So it's like, not true. Give yourself something concrete that, because then you'll actually believe it. That's the key to this whole process for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would you say when it comes to like the martial arts aspect of it, would you say that that helped you build any type of mindfulness and shifting your mindset and your belief in yourself? I think it can, but I don't think there's anything special about the martial arts either. I think it's any task that exposes you to repeated bouts of failure. Because I think failure teaches us more than anything else. Yeah. I like that. I like that's a different point you know, of view from it. Um, it could be, it, it could be like needlepoint. It could be building scrapbooks. It could be working on a car. It could be small engine repair. It could be like sport. Now, I don't know what it is or what, what the thing that you would do is, but by exposing yourself to repeated bouts of failure and then going through the process of figuring out how to fix it and then how to eventually be successful. That's how I think real confidence is built in the long term. So I think you could get this in the gym because in the gym, it's a great equalizer. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a woman or a kid or you're elderly. The gym is the one place that there's a certain proposition that holds true. If you show up and you work hard, you will get better. You might not be the best in the world, but I promise you, you will get better. Conversely, if you don't show up, you will get worse. It's just a very simple premise. 
And so we all face things in the gym. Like, I don't know if I can jump on this box. I don't know if I can lift this weight. I don't know if I can do this circuit under a certain time. And I do it and I fail, but then I try and I try and I try again. And then I get there. And then it teaches me how to be confident, how to deal with failure, uh, how to deal with negative self-talk, how to, you know, congratulate myself and love myself and be excited for myself. Like it teaches me all these things. Well, eventually that'll transfer to other areas of my life. So like, again, I don't think it just has to be a martial arts. So yes, martial arts has helped me because yeah. that's the avenue I chose, but I don't think you need to run and like sign up for jujitsu or taekwondo or like boxing tomorrow. I think you could do it in a bunch of different ways and get gratification. The key is to find something you really enjoy and that you'll stick to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now the million dollar question, how have you stayed so consistent even after 40? And I know it's a lot of mindset, but what tips would you give people out there? Um, or not just tips, just really just being full on honest, you, you know, you're very honest anyway, but feel like this is one of those topics where, you know, people in their late thirties, in their thirties, in their forties, in their fifties, in their sixties, seventies, however you want to, how far you want to go, they rely on motivation. And let's be honest, that's only going to get you so far. So how have you been so consistent? Because here you are, you know, multiple articles for men's health, you have your own biz online business. You even have your own mindset coaching business online, your course. And so how have you been so consistent over the years? You know, I would just say it in like one sentence, Jesus loves us all. He just loves me a lot more than he loves you. And I was blessed with great genetics. <laughs> I, I was in the right line. In like I, that's what people think, right? Like yeah. that's, what, that's what people want. And they're like, okay, so whatever. Right. Um, or I'm on drugs or like whatever, whatever the other thing is. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so here's, I'm going to give you, there's, there's two things can be true at the same time. So on the one side, I'm fortunate and I'm lucky. And the reason I'm fortunate and lucky is because I actually love going to the gym and I love exercise. I love the way it makes me feel. Uh, it's my meditation time. I really, really enjoy it. So the whole process of being fit after 40 is actually pretty easy because when I'm done a day at work, when I have a day off and I have free time, I want to go to the gym. I want to be active. I can't imagine being one of these millions of people out there that actually hate it and are doing it out of obligation. Like, fuck me. That would be hard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I hate golf. I don't want to play golf. Like you couldn't, I, I just want nothing to do with it. You know how hard it would be for me to go play golf every day because I have to, like I would quit for sure. I can tell <laughs> you I'm too. a hard worker. <laughs> I would quit but with working out. So, so that's the easy part of it because I've learned to love it or because I've always loved it. I'm not really sure if that's a chicken or egg thing. It makes it easy. So what I would say to a person listening, the advice for me there is I don't care if you lift weights. I don't care if you go for a walk. I don't care if you do Zumba. I don't care if you do aerobics dance classes. I mean, I don't care if you put Justin Bieber videos on, on your YouTube and try to like learn the dance or you shake your arms around in a circle or do whatever. Find something you really enjoy doing because then you'll stick to it. So that's number one. Like you have to love it. The other thing is I've had to have a sense of humility 
because I've realized like everyone's got this myth, like I'm as fit as at 40 as I was when I was 20. No, that's a lie. That's just not true. You can't do, maybe you can deadlift more. Maybe you can run faster because you were out of shape when you were 20, but like you can't do the same stuff you did at 40 that you did when you were 30 or 20. And I actually have got a real world example of this. So I have a 13 year old and I remember very clearly what it was like to have him as a 30 or 31 year old. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that bad. Like if I got a bad night's sleep, I was fine. My workouts were good. They never suffered. Like you're a parent, you get this. Yeah. Yeah. I have a two-year-old right now that's in our bed every night. It's fucking killing me. <laughs> like if you know what I mean? Like he wakes me up in the middle of the night. It's like my workout sucks. I can't think. I can't concentrate. I mean, in just full disclosure, I forgot about the podcast today because he was cuddling me all night. His face was like right on my face. <laughs> I just can't think today or concentrate. Like that's just like, it's just different. It's harder to raise a kid at 43 than it is at 30. You don't have the same reserves. You don't bounce back as quick. When I was 27, I could be out till three in the morning, wake up at 6 a.m. and be fine all day. Like now, if I have a little too much fun today, I'm like on a couch for the next three days. Like I even have to like plan my fun because it becomes too much for me as an old guy. And so I've had to have a sense of humility with that and realize that I have to do more. So and it's not more work in the gym. It's I need more sleep. Mm-hmm. I need to pay more attention to my diet. I need to pay more attention to my drinking habits. I need to pay more attention to sleep. Uh, every day I'm in a sauna, I'm in an ice bath, I'm doing some type of self-care, uh, yeah. essential oils, uh, massage, like you have to do more. So I guess if if you're, you're, you're listening, like I get it, everyone wants to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, I hate that by the way, and go beast mode and alarm <laughs> clocks are for suckers and work harder and it's a grind and no, like what you need to do is not wake up to an alarm clock. What you need to do is go to bed earlier. What you need to do is like eat less processed food. What you need to do is maybe cut back on the drinking a little bit. And that will make a way bigger difference than like you going beast mode on an airdyne in the gym or like crushing a workout. And so that's the other secret to being fit over 40. So they find something you love was number one. And then two, like do more work outside the gym, like all this recovery and restorative stuff. It is absolutely 100% necessary. Yeah. Taking care of the body. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause it is our temple. And so it's going to treat you the way it treats it, at, treat you the way you treat it at the end of the day. Um, but aside from being, I, I love those tips by the way. And I think it's super important for people to, you know, take time for self-care, whatever age you're at, but even more so the older we get, because our body needs a little bit more TLC. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, make sure you love it because yeah. if you don't love it, you will quit. And listen, if you're Michael Phelps and you want to win an Olympic gold medal in swimming, like I get it, you got to swim. But like for most of us, we're just trying to look a little better. We're just trying to feel a little better. And there are probably 350 things that you can do to accomplish that goal. There was actually, I want to tell a story about this woman I was training. Um, So this company called National Grid, uh, they're one of the biggest private power companies in the world. They're out of England. Uh, They've got a presence in the Northeast United States and they've got, 
I want to say 85,000 employees. Yeah. And I went to do a corporate speech and some wellness consulting for this executive board. And there was a woman who I helped lose 80 pounds in six months. You know, I know the only thing she did was she just, every time she had a meeting on the phone, she had to walk. That was it. Like, that oh was her, that was her magic program. So like she's on the phone four hours a day. She's walking four hours a day. Had a little treadmill in her office, walked around. Sometimes it was outside, but like if we were doing this podcast, she would have to be with her headphones in and do it on the phone and go for a walk. Once well, six months, she lost 80 pounds and she tried every program before that. Nothing worked. Like it was literally as simple as walking when she's on the phone, but that's all it took. So I'm here to tell you, like, again, I don't care. It doesn't have to be some weight program you hate. It doesn't have to be some app. It doesn't have to be, if you like doing it and you enjoy it and you can keep it consistent day after day after day, you'd be shocked at how successful it will be. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, uh, I know some people love it. Some people don't love it, but like the 75 hard program, it's not magic. The reason it works is because you have to do something physical for yourself twice a day, every day for 75 days straight. Yeah. Like, and there's not even like a, really a definition on what it has to be, except one has to be outside, mm-hmm. but like you can, you can do whatever you want. And if you can just commit to that, you'll see a remarkable change. But again, you're not going to do it if you don't like it. Yeah. Like you're going to find reasons to quit. Well, even going back to what you initially, how you started with the podcast, you know, talking about the highlight reel, everyone's trying to search for that special program, that special nutrition, that, that magic. There's no magic. Everybody's different. What I like, you may not like more chances are you won't like it, you know, but finding what works for you and, you know, even reverting back to 75 hard, it is hard because one, it's hard for us to have follow through with ourselves Two. It's even harder to implement movement at times. You know, we find excuses as to why we can't do things. It's very simple tasks, yet the simpler things seem to be for humans, the harder we make things. We overcomplicate simple. And so that's why we sit here and we're just like, oh, I want to get fit. I want to look like X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, we don't have follow through because we overcomplicate it. And, And I'm constantly like, just look. That if that's all you have access to walk, you know, and they're like, no, but I have to do this. I have to lift weights. Says who says who <laughs> question. I mean, we're obviously on audio, but I can see the background. Do you yeah. own a house or are you in a condo house? Okay. So you have a house and I'm assuming you have a yard. Yes. Like, have you ever tried to do landscaping for three hours? It's hell. Like, I don't want to do that. Oh like my in God, the hot sun, you're, you're cutting a lawn, you're digging holes, you're doing something. It's a lot of work. Like theoretically, it might be the hardest workout you've ever had. So again, like it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be like, I don't know, go move around railway ties and like make a, make a border out of your grass or build a retaining wall or like yeah. learn how to build a fence. Like that's a real workout. I'll actually never forget my grandfather. He worked in a mine for, for a living. He was really good with his hands. He built his own house. Like he's like old school, like completely 100%. If the world, like if the, if the electrical grid crashed, he'd be just fine. Like he'd just take care of business. You know what I mean? And I was trying to relate to him because he thinks working out, he thought he's dead now, but he thought working out and fighting was stupid. Like he's just like, what are you doing with yourself? Mm -hmm. So I was trying to relate to him. And 
I'm like, oh, I did a workout where I like hit a, a tire with a sledgehammer. Like he'll actually think this is cool. So I'm like, yeah, grandpa, I, I swung a sledgehammer all day. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I did this workout. I wanted to see how many times I could hit the tire. And, and he looks at me with this like crusty old look like Clint Eastwood would give like people on, on Grand Torino. I don't know if you ever seen yeah. that movie. Yeah. He yeah. just looks at me and he's like, what kind of idiot swings a sledgehammer for free and doesn't get paid for it? He's like, if you want to swing a sledgehammer, I got a list of jobs for you, you idiot. And I was like, oh my God, he's so right. Like I didn't need to go to a CrossFit gym and get yelled at by a trainer to like swing a sledgehammer faster. Like I could have built a fence in the backyard. I could have thrown some stakes, like done something useful. And it just kind of, it's always stuck with me. And it's like, put things in perspective. Like it doesn't have to be at a gym, you know, even though I pushed the gym, it can be really anywhere doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Doing, yeah. More, more than nothing is better than doing nothing at all. And so, or not overcomplicating it, whatever make, but reverting back to what you said is enjoying it. Don't force yourself to do something because you're not going to stick to that. And this is where I see, yeah. Many people are like, Oh, I have to do this type of workout or it has to be traditional. It has to be hypertrophy. It has to be CrossFit. It has to be whatever you enjoy that you're going to be consistent with, because the more you enjoy the more sustainable it is. And that's where you see success is building a sustainable lifestyle with the things you enjoy doing. You can't force yourself to go eat broccoli. And then one day you think you're magically going to love broccoli. Chances are, you're still going to hate it. No, you just hate it from more. You yeah, just hate, hate it, it more. more. And so, then the, the, the other thing is like when you're doing stuff, like, it's, like just take a step back from your goals. So you want to do a CrossFit workout in a certain period of time. You want to run a mile in a certain period of time. You want to finish a marathon. You want to, you know what? Nobody cares and nobody gives a shit. Like ask yourself why you're doing it. Are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for like some other people who don't care and that you don't like anyway? Right. It's like when you're, when you're buying a car for other people, when you're buying clothes for other people, when you're like, who cares, you know? Um, if I, if I went to my grandmother right now, uh, and my grandmother's still alive, it's like, Hey grandma, I'm, I'm on the season 30 of the ultimate fighter. Oh, great. That, that sounds hard. Would you like lemonade? Oh God. Yeah, sure. I guess it's pretty cool. If I told her like, Hey grandma, I read a book today. Oh, great. That sounds fun. Would you like lemonade? Like it's always the same answer from her. Like it would always be the same. It wouldn't matter if I was in the ultimate fighter season 30, which I think is a big deal. Or it's like, I went outside and mowed my lawn. Like she just doesn't, she loves me and she's proud of me regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like stop doing shit for other people because like I said, they don't, they don't really care. You know what I mean? Like they're not wrapped up in it and they're not thinking about you. Like you're ready to go home and like post your runtime. Like, oh my God, I ran a mile in seven minutes. Like n- nobody cares. Nobody can even remember what you did. Like people can barely remember their own PRs, let alone like keep track of other people's in the gym. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's and, true. and we were at, we were at first form. How many people were in the gym on the Thursday? Oh gosh. I don't even know. <laughs> a lot. A lot. 600. Can yeah. you even name a workout somebody else there did? Nope. Like, I can't even remember what I did that day. Yeah. Like, I would have to, I, I'm sure if I went to look on Instagram because it, it, it it's there, but <laughs> like, I can't remember what I did, let alone what a bunch of other people did. And so you're so worried about pleasing people. Like, just forget it. And so again, that's why it comes back to, and that's a good lesson for like self-love, like do you, because yep. like nobody cares. And 
The other thing is if you think people hate you, they're going to hate you for everything. Either you're too poor or you're too rich. You're mm-hmm. too ugly or you're too beautiful. You're too tall or you're too short. Like there's always going to be something. Um, I always reference an athlete. He's one of my favorite athletes in the world. When I talk about this, LeBron James. LeBron James was put in a national media spotlight at like 14 years old. He's from Akron, Ohio. He grew up in a very bad area. Uh, His mom was a single mom, uh, was walking around high school pregnant with him. Like he wasn't supposed to make it. Like that's just the reality. There's like, if you pull every statistic, he was supposed to be a statistic. Mm -hmm. Well, and by the way, at 18 years old, he got offered $10 million from Reebok and turned it down. But imagine how many 18-year-olds would just take all that money and just blow it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So fast forward now, he's like 37. He's a billionaire. He does all kinds of charity work. Uh, He built a school for like underprivileged kids in Akron. He likes to give back. He's never been exposed to like a public scandal. Like he doesn't have all kinds of children out of wedlock. He he doesn't, he hasn't been through a divorce. He hasn't cheated on his wife. Like he's like perfect, I guess. Oh, and he happens to be probably the greatest basketball player of all time. Like, I know there's this whole <laughs> argument between him and Jordan and, okay, pick yeah. who you want, but like he's <laughs> top two. So he's top two of all time in his thing. And guess who gets criticized more than anybody on the planet? He does. Him. He can't do anything wrong. He's like the best of all time in his sport. He's a billionaire. He gives a bunch of money to charity and helps people. He's never had a personal scandal like but he's a constant target. People hate him. So like, what's the answer to not be successful? Well, then people call you fat, lazy, and broke and like make fun of you not being successful. So it's like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. So like the point is just do you. And if people can criticize LeBron James and they criticize you, I guess you're in good company. There you go. Oh my gosh. That was perfect. Yep. I mean, you can't please anybody and your only responsibility is to please yourself. You don't need to make anyone else happy other than your reflection. And if you can tell me you smile every time you pass a mirror, then you're doing something right. So, but that was one thing that, you know, speaking to you, what really caught, uh, had caught me off guard at first because it's very rare when, and I say men, because women tend to be a lot more open about their vulnerabilities. And that was something that you had highlighted, like, you know, you've really took time to really develop who you are mentally through self-improvement, through self-love and very open about that because it does make an impact. It does. It, it is the foundation. This is your house and you're going to live in it forever, but you have to work on you constantly. And that was the biggest thing where I was like, oh my gosh, like he's vulnerable enough to talk about self-love and self-improvement. And, you know, that is so big because lots of well, when, you know, generally women will listen, they're like, well, men don't understand. And I hear it all the time. Or, and I'm just like, you know, we're all human. We all feel the same things. We all think the same things. We all go through different, similar things throughout our journeys, no different than the others. So we're all, you know, everything that goes on mindset wise, we all feel insecurities. We all have weaknesses. We all have strengths. And so that was big for me taking away from you is that, you know, you do, talk about that a lot. Yeah. Well, based on, I'm going to say based on, I guess, gender, uh, or based on sex, uh, I think is a more appropriate term, um, based on how you were raised age, like all kinds of things. There are things we've kind of been programmed to not talk about. 
Like, for example, I don't think there's anything wrong going to a therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being on medication if you have like a psychological issue. Like, I'd rather you be on medication and be happy and balanced than right. not on medication. But like, if you come from where I'm, I'm from in Northern Ontario and you're in your 40s, go, you never tell anybody you're on medication. Like you keep that stuff a secret. Like if guests come to the house, you like pull it out of your medicine cabinet and hide it so they don't see it. You would never say you're going to a therapist. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just wouldn't, that's how we've kind of been conditioned. Yeah. And so, but that, I think that's a roadblock to healing in a way mm-hmm. because, because again, like you're, you're kind of not really admitting that you have a problem. Right. So that can be, that can be, that can be troublesome. Um, and then the other thing is when you talk to people, depending on the day you meet them, you get a different version of them. And so um, depending on what day you talk to me, see, I'm at first form and I'm kind of on stage. I'm there as an athlete. I'm there to talk to people. I'm there to interact. I'm there to, you might get a very different version of me than if you just randomly start talking to me at the grocery store on a Sunday afternoon. So even within like uh, a person, they're not the same day to day. I just went through this on the reality show. Like you're watching the ultimate fighter. Um, but how long are the episodes? Like what? 53 minutes. Yeah. About that. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull up my calculator. I'm going to do some math here. Yeah. So there are seven days in a week, right? Yep. Times 24 hours in a day times 60 minutes in an hour. So in a week, there are 10,080 minutes. You see a 50 minute episode. So it's 50 divided by 10,000 times a hundred. You're literally seeing half a percent of a week on TV. Oh my gosh. So imagine, imagine I had cameras on you 24 seven in a week. I can probably capture your best moments. I can probably capture your worst moments. I can probably, I can portray you however I want. Mm -hmm. So like, again, if I talk to you, at an event at First Farm, you're going to get a different version of me than, like I said, Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning when I'm at my worst, when I'm hungover or like whatever, whatever the thing is. And people have to remember that too. So it takes like a lot of introspection to figure out like even who you are. Most of us, I don't think even know. That's why we have so much doubt or we go through life with making assumptions all the time or feeling unworthy and not enough because we're stuck. We create this reality and then there's the real reality and then there's the reality in our head and we're kind of stuck in limbo sometimes. Yeah. And we have to peel down the layers. But again, it goes back to the, you know, what you were saying is that it's constant work. It's everyday grind the same way you put in effort into your job or into your workouts, you need to be putting that same effort into you. Because at the end of the day, again, you're the only person that can show up for yourself. And so it takes daily grind, whatever it is that makes you happy to check in with yourself, to actually stay committed and consistent, whether it's talking in the mirror or looking at, you know, green spots or green dots, you know, all over, like whatever is going to allow you to build that consistency and that positivity with yourself where you're like, Oh, I got to check in. Oh, this is my moment. But con- you know, because so many of us will live our whole entire life, not even knowing what makes us happy, not even knowing who we really are because we live for other people. And we've allowed these thoughts and, you know, beliefs that other people put into us dictate 
the rest of our life. Well, and I always say, and this is something I got from my sports psychologist, the 10 words that will ruin your life or what will other people think and what will other people say? Like, is it just, again, it doesn't matter. They're not thinking about you. They don't care. Like, do you really care what this person thinks that much? You know what I mean? Like you spend your life trying to please somebody that's not thinking about you or that's not going to be there for you when you need them. So like, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So other than journaling and well, journaling, uh, you do, uh, your ice baths, the sauna, what else do you do in regards to self-care? You know, so, uh, I think the ultimate form of self-care, and this is actually something I learned from my wife. Cause she's really into like the whole self-care kind of thing. Like I can't remember exactly how she put it, but like she would get mad when these moms would be like, I got to take a bath without the kids. And that was like their form of self-care. And it's like, no, having a bath is not self-care. Like you're just, that's like a basic human thing, right? Um, doing something frivolous and non-productive for yourself every single day that you just enjoy. That to me, I think is the ultimate form of self-care because it's fun and it's like, it's gotta be frivolous and like wasteful in a way. And like emptying your dishwasher because you like things clean is not self-care, it's work, right? Going to the gym, maybe self-care if you love it, but it might not be if it's a chore. So like every day I do one of three things. One, I play with my magic gathering cards. It's like, I'm a nerd. So I like to play with my little cards. Yeah. And it's like, if you've, if you've ever played, you know, if you don't, it's like my wizard defeated your night That's dragon. Awesome. I got you with a fireball. Like it's, it's a hint for life. If you ever see somebody with a 20 sided dice, they're a fucking nerd. And I have a lot of them. So that's, that's like number awesome. one. Number two, I watch my sports stories. So I'm a huge fan of like sports. I'm going to call it sports radio, but sports TV media. So one of my favorite things to do in the afternoon is like, I, you know, get a, get like a sparkling water and I will watch uh, Colin Coward and Joy Taylor on the herd, uh, Emmanuel Ocho or Marcellus Wiley on speak your mind. Uh, I love first things first with Nick Wright um, and Jenna and Chris Broussard and, and wilds. And like, it's just, I love it, but it's frivolous. It doesn't add to my day. It's yeah. the same talk about the same things day after day after day about what happened in the sports world, but it's just something that I can check out and like, just be wildly entertained. And the third thing is video games. Uh. Like I'm not, I'm not solving world peace or world hunger. And I'm not like contributing to my fitness goals by playing God of war. Right. right. Like I'm just, I'm just on my thing or Drake and is another one I like, or horizons. I like, like last of us, it's a zombie game. Um, that's completely inappropriate for my six-year-old, but he plays anyway, cause he loves it. But like, this is the stuff that we, that we do, but it's like, just, it gives back to me so much because it's like 30 minutes of the day where I can just check out and be a normal person. And like, yeah. no one's bugging me about recipes. No one's asking me about workouts. Like I yeah. don't have to do anything that's bettering myself, like just frivolous fun. And so like, in, in maybe those aren't your things. Maybe it's going to get a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's getting a massage. Maybe it's, um, but there can be a slippery slope there because like for me is a massage work because it's like putting into my body or is it actually frivolous? Does that make sense what I'm yeah. saying? So you have to think about this sometimes because sometimes you think it's frivolous, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. actually like towards your goal. And so I think it's really helpful for people, even if they're super goal oriented, because you're taught 
24 seven, 365 eye on the prize up at 430, like rise and grind. Like, oh my God, it's too much for me. Just take 30 minutes a day and do something stupid. Like oh, yeah. piss away your time. It feels really good. Yeah. I, I, I like um, Lego building myself. Yep. Venom. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's Venom. I have to repair the mouth. It fell, but um, you know, and it's very like, it lets me just unwind. Like when my, my, my son's like, mom, can you build me this? And I'm like, sure. But sometimes I have to put a time limit. Cause I'm like, I could literally sit there and I can like yeah. do it all day long. If someone let me, but it's, but, it's not helping you sell supplements or like, nope. like put people through training programs. It's like, nope. and you're probably not selling it. Like, it's like, it's just something frivolous. that's kind of fun. And so like, I recommend that to a lot of people. We forget about that. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Go ahead. One more thing that my wife reminds me of all the time that you have to be able to do it guilt-free too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to be able to um, uh, like really enjoy it because if you're doing the frivolous thing and you're just like sitting there thinking, oh my God, I could be writing programs. I could be selling supplements. I could be, you know, mowing the lawn. Like, no, that's not self-care anymore. Like you yeah. actually have to be able to do it and enjoy it. And like, she talks about this fair amount, like when, when moms go through mom guilt, like you get, you get out of the house and like you, you, first of all, you're in the house and you're going crazy because these kids are all over you and climbing on you and pulling at you, mommy, mommy, mommy. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to strangle them. Like I got to leave. So then you leave and then you're like shopping for yourself. And the whole time you're like, I'm a terrible mom. I left mm-hmm. the house. Would it, like that is not self-care anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like you, when you do the frivolous thing, you got to be able to just check out and not be worried about like what you were saying. Like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get back to my work. No, just go do the thing and enjoy it. Yeah. Like yeah. do it guilt-free. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was totally me at summer smash the first day. I'm like, Oh my God, my kids. And I'm like, literally they're 2000 miles away in California. What am I going to do? Like if something were to happen, I'm not even close enough. So I just have to like, just let loose, like just relax. Well, and it's, and breathe. It also comes, it also comes back to like, they don't need you that bad. That's a weird egotistical thing. It's like being too worried about what people think. It's like, my kids are downstairs, like building Legos and forts and shit. And then I'm upstairs, like lonely. And I'm like, Oh my God, do they need me? Yeah. No, they don't. They're good. They don't want you down there. You're embarrassing to them. Like right. I am now, um, how old's your oldest? Well, uh, the oldest is 13. And then, well, then my six-year-old son. Okay. So the 13 year old, You might be going through this. Something happened in the last year that I crossed from dad into embarrassment zone. Oh yeah. I'm like that with my six-year-old because the 13-year-old only comes during like vacation because he's my, well, through marriage, he's mine regardless. But even with my son, he's just like, mom, like during, during like um, game day for Gracie jujitsu, he's like, you're going to leave, right? Like you don't need to stay the two hours. Like you're leaving. I'm, I'm I'm an embarrassing dad. Yeah. So I'm like, he's like, you could just drop me off at the door. I'm like, well, I can't even come in and like watch. No, it's okay. Dad, You're good. <laughs> I don't need you, dad. You're good. It's like, oh, okay. So like, why am I away from them feeling guilty when like they, like I'm embarrassing to them anyway? Like, dad, did you have to come here? Like I, you know, um, my, my one kid, he's 13. He's doing a thing at all-star bowling tonight. All-star bowling is like a, like a Dave and Buster's, I guess. Or like, a, what are these game places? Kids go and yeah. play games, you can bowl and play pool, whatever. He's like, you're just going to drop me off at the door, right? Like, what? Like, 
dude, I fought in the ultimate fighter 30. Like I'm on TV. Like I write for men's health. I'm a cool dad. Like I have friends in the NBA. Like I, what, what, what dad, you just, just, I can't have you see my friends. Oh my God. Okay. I'm like, I guess I'm a loser. <laughs> like they just don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's no, kind of funny. Yeah. But we're the ones that care so much and you're right. We're the ones that care. So like the point is, and there's a lesson here, go do your shit guilt-free. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. You're more worried about your kid than your kid is worried about you watching them or taking them to the yeah. door or walking them in. So, but it's, yeah, definitely something that needs to be worked on. And so it's very much difficult at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. So I tend to ask this question all the time and I, well, I like to catch people off guard, but it's really not an off guard question. Honestly, I just want to know, I believe that as humans, one of those things that we can really relate to is through words and words being quotes. So share with us, if you could think at the top of your head, one of your favorite quotes. Who don't let your emotions dictate your actions. Let your actions dictate your emotions. I love that one. I'll like switch those around sometimes. Like sometimes I'll say like, don't let your, don't let your feelings dictate your actions. Let your actions dictate your feelings. It's like the same thing, yeah. emotions and feelings. Yeah. And, and basically what that means is like, if you wake up sad, it's okay to wake up sad, but don't like, let that derail your day. Don't go around doing a bunch of sad stuff. You'll just make yourself more sad. Don't let the feelings be in control. Like at that point, the best thing you could do when you're sad is like, I don't know go crush a workout, go eat the ice cream, go do something frivolous, like start to do things that will put you in a good mood. So let your actions dictate how you feel. I think a lot of times we become victims to our feelings yeah. and then every like, then the day becomes a pity party and it just gets worse. Right. Yeah. So control that with your actions. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Um, the other one, and this is a new one. So, and I'm going to read it because I wrote it down and I think this is so good for life. This is my new mantra and it came from one of my sports story shows. Yeah, so oh, there's this awesome. guy, Emmanuel Acho. If you follow him, I love him. I think he's great. And he always gives you like these super inspirational quotes. Yeah. He's a super inspirational guy. If I fight you and I win, what do I win? Think about that for a second. So if you and I are going to get in an argument right now over the, the, and I got to remember this because I am like big on, like my wife will tell you this. I can't let shit go. Like if you tell me the sky is green, like I'm like, no, it's blue. And this is the shade of blue. And I've got to prove to you like when it doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like this. Cause I'm petty. Have you seen the last dance with Michael Jordan? No, no, no. Okay. So you, you wouldn't get it, but I am petty. Like, I can't let stuff go. Like, if you said something to me like 10 years ago, I'll like be like bringing it up. You know what I oh mean? <laughs> so this is, this is, this is I, I just, I'm like, I'm like a child, like a sports person. So that's my new thing. If I fight you and I win, what do I win? So like, Nothing. it's deep because it's like, is this worth it to get in yeah. this argument like with a client, with your spouse, with your kid, with your like, I, I'm sure you get it with a six-year-old. Like sometimes I find myself in a battle of wills with like the six-year-old. And I'm like, I'm arguing with a five-year-old and it gets so immature. Cause it's like, 
yeah, you are. I'm like, no, you are. Yeah, you are. No, you are. That's me what and my daughter. Right <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why? No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh my God. So, so Emmanuel Acho said this like two days ago. I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Like this could change my life. If I fight you and I win, what do I win? And if the answer is nothing, it ain't worth fighting with you. It's true. I haven't incorporated it fully because I still like to fight with people, but <laughs> this is like, and so my, like, he's one of my favorite things. Um, another one, I'm giving you all of them. The other one is failure is absolutely an option. Absolutely. I hate when people tell me failure is not an option. No, failure is actually the most likely option. Yep. You know, yeah. do you remember those old um, motivational sayings posters? Yeah. Where it's like like a, like a picture of an eagle and a mm-hmm. whatever. So there was a company that was doing demotivational slogans for a while. And it was like a person caught an avalanche. And it's like in the battle of you versus the world, always bet on the world. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. And that's where that not everybody gets to be an astronaut thing came from. It was actually a picture of French fries, like a really beautiful picture of French fries. Oh with like my. a McDonald's logo. And it's like, not everybody gets to be an astronaut. It's true. Sorry, it might be surprised, but I think it, it's true. Failure is absolutely an option. Yeah, it's a choice. You get yeah. to make that choice. So those yeah. are some of my favorites I'm on right now. I like that. So I got to ask, because if I don't ask you this, I'm my son's going to be like, oh, my goodness. Um, how how does it feel to win by submission? I mean, it feels really good, yeah. but. <laughs> Mostly because it feels good to put hard work into something and feel rewarded, right? Like people don't understand, like they see a fight for five minutes on a TV and because your son's into jujitsu, like they see, oh, you had this like three minute match and that's cool. But they didn't see the hours and hours and hours you went to practice. Yeah. The ice packs you put on yourself, the sore knees, the sore back, the like all the things that you go through. So, I mean, it feels really good to just know that your training worked and, and you actually did something to form a positive result. Like you didn't win the lottery and it was like luck. You didn't, yeah. someone didn't gift you something like you actually did it with your own two hands. So it feels really good. Yeah. That's awesome. He's He's all, every time during privates, he's, they're like, what do you want? His coach is like, what do you want to learn? He's like, a choke, Kimura, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the guillotine. And I'm like, yep. Lincoln, it's not always about chokes. He's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, he's at that six-year-old, right? And he thinks like the rear naked choke. Like if you tell him to attack you, he, I already know he's going for the rear naked choke. And I'm like, this kid, like, please stop. But it hurts so bad because he's so limber. And like the minute he gets you in his, especially when I'm standing and his legs just like go into like my pelvic bones, like my hip bones. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm already dying. Cause it feels like knives and then his little arms. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. But yeah. So he's, I like that. yeah, he's all into it. So he thinks he, he thinks it's awesome that we're even doing this podcast. So, but well, awesome. And, and the one thing, the one thing I tell him on the jujitsu note is position before submission. Worry about your positions first, because if you do, submissions will just open up. So if you want to get good at submissions, don't focus on them, focus on the position. And and by the way, that relates to fitness too. Don't worry about losing 12 pounds. 
Don't worry about looking good. Don't worry about fitting in like a size 32 pant or a size four or five. Like, don't worry about any of that. Worry about showing up to the gym every day and not eating processed food. And I promise you those things will just happen. It's the same kind of thing. Like if he focuses on his positions, then all these submissions that he was trying so hard to get, they just like, they kind of magically appear. Like you put yourself in the position for success and it just kind of happens. That's number one. And then number two, when you asked me about like, how did it feel to get a submission? Like, yeah, it felt good that I won. But another thing that's really helped me in life, I don't get too married to my wins and don't get too married to my losses. Like I don't, Yes, I really, there's actually this whole theory that if you believe the good things people say about you, you're more susceptible to believing the bad that people say about you because you're just like, what you're doing is you're giving credence to other people's opinions too much. So like everyone's on the internet one day saying I'm the greatest thing ever. Don't buy into it because Mm -hmm. when the bad comes, you will also believe that. So it's like you win some, you lose some. And, and, and again, for every, you know, it's funny, like it's not meant to be demotivational, but for every winner, guess what there are also is that made no sense. Guess what there is also losers, dozens, hundreds, thousands of losers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I hope you enjoy your thing, right? Like one team got to win the NBA championship this year. That means there was like 31 other losers and there's like 15 losers on each team. So there's a lot of losers. You know what I mean? Like not everybody gets to win. So it's like, just enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners or end? What kind of anything at all you like to end? No, you know what? The, the, the thing, the thing that I would just kind of want to leave people with is like, I, I wasn't supposed to be successful. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't like, you know, wasn't given a gift. I didn't have trust fund parents that like paid for everything. I didn't like, I'm probably not, shouldn't be where I am. But if you work hard, dreams can come true. The key is you just have to work hard for them. So like, if you're out there, whatever you want to do, I promise you, you can do it. You're just going to have to work really hard for it. And like, don't even worry if you accomplish your dream. There's something to be said about the process of just going after it. Like the fun that it gives you, you know, I always, I always say this, you know, and I said this, I did a show interview that, um, so I gave up fighting when I was 30 to look after my first son. I didn't think I could fight and be a good dad at the same time. Yeah. So for the next 12, 13 years, I spent every time UFC would pop up, I'm like, ah, I think I can still maybe do that. I don't know. Did I retire too early? Like, like maybe I can, like, I, I think maybe I'm good enough. Like it, and it's always like this little voice. And a lot of us go through that mm-hmm. where we're 40 years old, 45 years old, 38 years old, whatever. And like, there's something we always wanted to do, but just didn't. And it's like a nagging little voice. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go back on the ultimate fighter. Let's see if this proves out to be true. Well, there's two possibilities. One, I win the whole thing and I prove it true. Or two, I don't, and then I find peace, which is a lot better than like wondering what if. So it's not even about sometimes being successful. It's about trying. And so then you know, and like I said, even if you fail, you're granted peace, which if you find peace, you're happy regardless. Yeah. So 
if you're if you're listening to this, like whatever that dream is, like if you're a dad or a mom that's in bumper to bumper traffic, you're miserable. You hate your life. You hate your job. You're one of these people that live Monday to Friday, just not live Monday to Friday. Sorry, you live Monday to Friday looking towards the weekend because you can't stand your life. Mm-hmm. And then you spend the whole weekend dreading going back Monday. Like that tells you something. Maybe let's like do something else. Yeah. Don't be scared. Just go do it. Because even if you fail, like how much worse is shit going to get? Like you already hate your life. Well, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? It sounds grim, but it's true. Yeah. Right? Like if you hate your life, what's the worst that can happen by trying? Right. You get to learn, you get the opportunity yeah. to learn and grow and nothing's going to give you that if you don't ever try something and so. have fun chasing your dreams. And at the end of the day, nobody cares that I want to fight or lost a fight. Yeah. But I care that I went and tried the thing. So that would be my advice, like on a parting words for people. Yeah. And you brought yourself he- like, it's a big part of healing too. Cause then you don't want to without who wants to go to their deathbed with a bunch of what ifs. So yeah, regret, give yourself regret peace. Is an, regret's an awful thing. Like you like yep. regret something you can't fix later on in life. That's terrible. Well, you no. can fix it by going to do the thing, but I wouldn't want to live with regret. So right. And only we can give ourselves that. So yep. And where can they find you? So there's two ways. One, you can just type in at Bobby Maximus anywhere. Mm-hmm. So Twitter, Instagram, whatever. The second way, and I don't recommend this because bad things happen, is if you go into your bathroom at midnight and turn off the lights and look in the mirror and say Bobby Maximus five times, five be there too. But she's like I said, bad shit happens. So you probably don't do that. I wonder if people are actually. Oh, oh my Bobby gosh. Maximus. It's like when you're and a kid just, and I they're telling appear, you. I appear behind you with like a stopwatch and like a megaphone and start yelling at oh. you. Oh we used to tell each other that like the Yorona, if you, when we were kids, my cousins would tell me, I'm like, okay, like, we'll try it. I was scared as hell. Almost peed my pants a bunch of times, but I still, I still, it's funny that movie Candyman. I still won't watch it. The new one that came out. Cause I watched oh, no. the old one. It's hard for life. Yep. Nope. Like my, my, my 13 year old son was like, dad, we should go to the bathroom and say Candyman. I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> He's like, dad, nope. it's just a movie. I'm like, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm out. Yep. <laughs> yep. If you could do that with Bobby Matthews and see what happens. I can't oh, guarantee you. Well, I'll have all his, um, the links in the description below of this podcast episode, but it was really a privilege to get to sit here and talk to you. And honestly, thank you just for being a light, being the one, being the change that the world needs you really just being honest and, you know, constantly sharing your story and, you know, sharing with people, just being fully transparent And I believe that's how we inspire one another. And that's how we change the world. It takes one person to relate and they get to change their life and it's a domino effect. And then that person can change somebody else. So we appreciate you. I appreciate you. And, um, we look forward to, I will, I look forward to seeing you just, you know, continue to grow and share your story and, you know, so keep doing your thing and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate that. I do want to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really do. I am humbled and grateful. You know, we were talking about like keeping things in perspective and um, I'm really honored and humbled and grateful when people want to spend their time talking to me. Like it's, it's funny. Sometimes podcasts can get like, Oh my God, I got to do another podcast today. Or, Oh my God, I got to send an email today. Or, Oh my God, I got to, you know how cool it is that someone wants to talk to me. 
Like there was a time I would kill to be on a podcast. And so now every time I do one of these, I just want to let you know, I'm really, really grateful for thinking of me, for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, it makes me feel good. So I appreciate you for that. That's awesome. You're awesome. I really sincerely believe that time is the greatest gift we can give one another because it's something that we cannot get back. I mean, once you give your time, that's it. There's that's it. It's gone. So I appreciate appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you. So we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Before I let you guys go, just a reminder that we do have a community for the self love effect podcast. You can find us on Facebook under team self love effect. This is our private Facebook group page where we seek to empower and inspire one another, sharing our stories, sharing ideas, and just being uplifting to one another. Now, for those of you who are ready for one-on-one coaching, I do provide mindset, nutrition, and fitness coaching through the first form app. All you have to do is head on over to your Apple or Android store, download the first form app, request me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. And I will send you step-by-step instructions on what to do next. Now, we also have a link that will provide my listeners and my clients with free shipping on health and nutrition supplements. Head on over to the first form, a link that we have on the description below. And any questions you may have about supplementation, please let me know. Never hesitate to reach out and ask. I'm always just a message away. Now, next on the list, we have Born Primitive. Get your- They are veteran owned and very humanitarian and have one of the best workout apparels on the market. Next, we have Wadden Done. Give them a follow at Wadden Done on IG and save your hands. Stop tearing, making pull-ups, toes to bar, strict pull-ups, chin-ups, fun and enjoyable while keeping your hands safe from any tears. That's Wadden Done. Save at checkout using Treasures 10. Next, we have Maven Threads. Get your hands on some headband wear for everyday wear or workouts using code SELFLOVEEFFECT15 at checkout. And lastly, we have the Self Love Effect Shop. You can save at checkout using Self Love Effect. We have podcast merch or just everyday self-love wear. Now, If you guys ever have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, do not hesitate to message me, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. I am here for you and I would love to hear your feedback on this podcast. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Keep crushing it. Keep showing up. I believe in you. Continue to believe in yourself.